Welcome to RequestCast, the request-based podcast. I'm Lewis Powell. And I'm Ben Heaton. And today's request comes from Becca. The request is an episode to fall asleep to. That's a pretty good request, because my impression is that a lot of people use podcasts to fall asleep. I don't know if they use our podcast specifically. I mean, I fall asleep sometimes to our podcast, but this is in part because I listen to our podcast probably more than I should. Probably enough to be narcissistic. I mostly listen to podcasts when I'm out walking, so I don't fall asleep to them. I could listen to them while sleepwalking, but to my knowledge, I have not. (laughs) So I guess uh, one option would be we could just sing lullabies for like 20 minutes. Yeah, maybe we should be talking kind of quietly or about boring things. What if we make a long, boring podcast episode? That's sure to win us more listeners. We could repeat ourselves what if we made a long boring podcast episode you just want to repeat ourselves until uh i feel like that's a podcast that people will stop listening to i feel like what we need to do is we need to lull them into falling asleep we can't just sort of be in your face boring yeah the real challenge here is making one that is good for falling asleep too but also enjoyable to listen to when you're fully awake yeah What if we do some sort of relaxation thing? Like, imagine you're getting very sleepy, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, you know what? I'm going to lay down while we record this and keep an eye and make sure that it's, uh, I'm still audible on the microphone. Uh, And then you can guide me through some meditation. I thought we would be, like, guiding the listener. Well, I feel like one of us needs to be testing out as we go to see if we're doing it okay. And I will take the role of the napper. So if you fall asleep while we're trying to record this episode, that's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> okay, so let me pull a blanket up over me. Okay, and you, the listener, should also be pulling a blanket up over you. A warm, comfortable blanket, all tucked in and ready to go to sleep, to let the night's cool embrace spread over you. Did you just say o'er? Yeah, there was an apostrophe. <laughs> Why did you say or with an apostrophe? It's supposed to be calming. (laughs) Those harsh V's. Nobody likes listening to a harsh V noise. (laughs) I'll bet the listeners don't appreciate that I literally did pull a blanket up over me for this part of the podcast. I think our listeners are accustomed to that level of commitment from us. Yeah. Sensible. Alright, Lewis, uh, lie down there. Uh, Focus on your toes. Feel them tense and then relax. Feel them just drift away. Wait, are you hypnotizing me? Or This is not a request to hypnotize Lewis. Let's just be clear about that. Yeah, hypnotizing somebody and helping them fall asleep are actually pretty similar in that I'm not good at either one. That's their key similarity. They have that in common also with playing guitar. (laughs) Okay, let's, let's all breathe in. And exhale. Take a deep breath, hold it, hold it, hold it, keep holding that deep breath. Don't kill our listeners. As the air remains tightly in your lungs, feel yourself getting (laughs) sleepier and sleepier. (laughs) Like a sleepy inflated balloon. Imagine a 
pressurized <laughs> air building up inside you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now, that deep breath, begin to breathe it out. Now stop, breathe in again. I know most of that air was still already inside you. I'm trying to muffle the laughter with the blanket so it's not too disturbing to people. But I don't know how well that's working. Try imagining yourself in a calming, relaxing place, like, uh... The tundra. Oh, that's good. A gentle tundra. <laughs> okay. It's chilly. Fortunately, I have this warm blanket wrapped around me. All around you is relaxing, frozen ground. <laughs> a barren expanse. Hmm. Why did you pick the tundra? I don't know. It was a climate that I remembered. Or a... What's the word for that? Not a climate. Biome? Yeah, sure. That's not the word that I was thinking of, but we'll go with it. Environment? Place? Zone? Habitat? Uh... Probably environment, but that's... That doesn't seem right, but... Location? Setting? Noun. Tundra is a noun. Imagine yourself surrounded by all your favorite nouns. <laughs> Maybe I should leave in some long pauses in this. Usually I edit those out, but they might actually help for this request. Yeah. Maybe you should also, I feel like when people are trying to be relaxing and let people go to sleep, they do a lot of counting backwards from numbers. Oh yeah, let's do that. 18, 17, 16, <laughs> like, like that. Yeah, but don't do all the way down to one right now. We gotta pace ourselves for the whole episode. We'll get back to that count later. <laughs> Make sure you don't breathe in or out until you hear us counting again. You know, a lot of people when they're going to bed, they want, uh, they enjoy a bedtime story. So Ben, maybe you should tell a bedtime story. I'm doing something that in improv you're advised not to do, which is selling out your scene partner, because I'm in the role of the person who wants the bedtime story, and I'm thus putting you in the situation of having to tell me a bedtime story. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful unicorn who lived all alone at the top of the tallest mountain in the world, which was twice as tall as Mount Everest. Wait, hold on. Unicorns are far too exhilarating, and mountains are way too precarious. So start over, but do it with a different animal in a different setting. Okay, the mountain was very tall, but also very wide, so that slopes were extremely gentle. Uh, just, and change the, change the starring animal. It was a beautiful sloth. <laughs> nice. Alright, sloth on the mountain. Sloth that uh, lived in the trees on top of the mountain. Let's, let's make it a mesa. It would hang from the branches of the trees on this mesa. This mesa twice the height of Mount Everest. <laughs> what was the sloth's name, Uncle Ben? The sloth's name was Lewis. <gasps> and he knew that his destiny was to become the most important sloth in all the world. Uh-oh. I'm on the edge of my seat now. Maybe we, maybe we need to tone down his destiny. Oh, sorry. Uh, but he also knew that he had his whole life ahead of him to realize that destiny, so he didn't need to focus on it right now. Oh, good. Okay. Instead, he went to his job, which was 
counting jelly beans. He emptied out a huge jar of jelly beans onto the floor, and then began to count them one by one. First a red jelly bean, then a green jelly bean, then another red jelly bean, <laughs> then a red jelly bean that was a bit darker red, then a black jelly bean, which he threw out because it was licorice, then a yellow jelly bean. He counted all the jelly beans one by one. And when he had finished, he decided to start over again and just count the green jelly beans. He decided that he would do this for each color of jelly beans separately, and then add those numbers together to make sure that it was the same as the number he'd gotten when he was just counting all the jelly beans in total. But when he finished this, near the end of the day, his count was off by one jelly bean, and he realized he had made a mistake and would have to start over. So again, he took the giant pile of jelly beans and began counting one by one. And then, he took each color of jelly beans in turn and again counted them one by one. <laughs> but again, his count was off by one jelly bean, but this time in the other direction from the error he had made before, so he wasn't quite sure what was going on at this point. The sloth named Lewis decided to get another animal to come help him and provide an independent count of the jelly beans. Oh, what animal did he get? He traveled across the entire mesa looking for animals he would trust for this vital task. First he came to the fox, but the fox looked too sly and crafty, and Lewis was afraid that the fox would trick him out of his jelly beans. Then he went to the shark, but the shark's teeth were big and pointy <laughs> and scary. What is there a shark doing on the mesa? The shark was in an aquarium on the mesa. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then Lewis went to the owl. The owl offered to help count all the jelly beans. But Lewis was intimidated by the owl's superior wisdom. He realized that if he asked this owl, whose name was Ben, to count the jelly beans, the owl would do so good a job that... Lewis would feel bad about his own jelly bean counting abilities. <laughs> oh, that sloth is so insecure. But then he came to the final animal on the mesa, a human. And he asked this human, Herman the Human, to help count the jelly beans. The human agreed and went with Lewis back to the jelly bean counting factory, where they manufacture <laughs> counts of jelly beans. It was right next door to the jelly bean factory. But when they got there, Herman the human wasn't sure how to count jelly beans, because he had not been trained. He tried counting jelly beans, but sometimes he would put two jelly beans off to one side and only count one higher. Sometimes he would put one jelly bean off to the side and count two higher. <laughs> and Lewis was upset at this, because he was well-practiced in the ways of counting jelly beans, and he didn't see why it should be so difficult. So Lewis decided to train Herman in how to count jelly beans. To train him, <sighs> he gathered all the jelly beans into one pile, and told Herman to watch as Lewis took one jelly bean, counted it, and set aside, then another, and another, and counted all the jelly beans <sighs> one by one. 
Then he turned to Herman and said, Were you paying attention? And Herman said, No, I wasn't. Could you show me again? <laughs> and Sir Lewis counted the jelly beans again, one by one, and noticed that the number he got at the end was not quite the same as the number he'd gotten before. But this time, Herman had been paying attention, and he said, Okay, I think I get it now, but just to be sure, I'll try counting the jelly beans, and you watch to see if I make any mistakes. Lewis agreed to this, and so Herman the human gathered all the jelly beans into one big pile, and began to count them one by one. And when he was done, he turned to Lewis and said, Is that how I'm supposed to do it? And Lewis said, Yes, that was perfect. Now, use those jelly bean counting skills you have developed, and count these jelly beans. So Herman did. And then Lewis counted the jelly beans again, for good measure. Then Herman counted them again. They continued counting the jelly beans back and forth all night. And when they were done, they had finally agreed on a number of jelly beans. And that number was 53. <laughs> what? 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 What the... The end. That was a good story. Thank you. And and now Lewis will sing to you a bedtime lullaby, listeners. Oh, man. <laughs> Should not have opened the can of worms of selling out your scene partner. It's okay. I'll, I'll auto-tune you so it sounds good. Oh, can you really? If you auto-tune me, I will do an auto-tuned lullaby. <sighs> okay. Let me look up some good lullaby lyrics here. I'll just make one up. That's more difficult. I made up a, an entire classic bedtime story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a real classic. I know good morning to you, but that's probably not a lullaby. You could sing it backwards. You too morning good, you too morning good. You've got to reverse the notes, too. Oh my god, I don't know what the opposites of notes are. I don't even know what regular notes are. You just uh, flip the staff with the notes on it upside down. Let's see... Oh, I know Twinkle Twinkle. I can do that. That's a good one. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Up above the world so high, like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. That was beautiful. Those weren't the right notes. That, that's okay, I'm tone deaf. Finding the correct notes is left as an exercise to the listener. It's a puzzle. If you figure out the difference between the notes I was singing and the notes I was supposed to sing, it spells out a clue. Yeah, Lewis, by this time, I'm pretty sure that all our listeners are asleep. Well, before, let me just do one more thing to help. Because yawning is contagious. That's true. And so if we just say the word yawn, and if we yawn, our listeners will... <sighs> Yawn. 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 I ran out of yawn. yawning noises, so I just started saying yawn. Yawn. So, Becca, I cannot possibly imagine that this is what you envisioned, and hopefully you're asleep now and won't be hearing this part of the episode, but in case you are listening... 
Thanks for writing in. In case these words are manifesting within your dreams. Like that Dali painting. Yeah. The one where words enter into somebody's dreams? It's the one called Dream Caused by the Flight of a Bee Around a Pomegranate a Second Before Awakening. Hmm. So listeners, I've painted you a word picture there in the form of not actually painting a word picture. I just said what the name of the piece was. But if you're still awake, look at that until you fall asleep. RequestCast is powered by the requests of listeners like you. You can send us your requests on the web at requestcast.com.